Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Wears Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. If you would, please open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, we are right in the middle of this letter from Paul to the church at Colossae. Continuing our study, Colossians chapter 3, this is God's Word. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them, but now put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your Creator. In Christ, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, Rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. May God add his blessing 
to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Do you know where you are? And well, yes, I'm, I'm uh, in the chapel at uh, Where's Valley Ranch. Well, yeah, yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, you, you mean like I'm, I'm in seventh grade and uh, I'm, I'm on a journey toward adulthood? Um, okay, possibly, but that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, no, I have no idea what you're talking about then. What are you talking about? The scriptures tell us that if we have trusted Christ for our salvation, we are in him. And do you know where he is? He is seated at the right hand of God the Father. So if you are in Christ, if you have trusted him and now your life is hidden in him, you are in a place of victory. You are in a place where no matter what the devil throws at you, no matter what circumstances come along, because of your identity in Christ, your position is secure forever. And therefore, whatever comes along, however inconvenient it may be temporarily, it is temporary. You're just fine. Nothing can take you out of the Father's hand. What a wonderful truth. Now, if that is true and that position is forever, then this stuff that we have to deal with here every day, and we do have to deal with it, but this stuff should be seen for what it is, temporary. Seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Do you really believe that? Or are you still living as if this is what it's all about, and I just need God's help in order to get a good grade, or in order to get a good college, or in order to get a good job, or in order to get a good spouse, or in order to get the next thing on my list. God will take care of all of those things. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But folks, don't be attached to the things of this world. Because this isn't where your life is. This isn't what it's all about. You're going to spend forever with your heavenly Father, serving him, if you are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, you can do whatever you want here and now, and it doesn't matter at all because God forgives sin, and just don't worry about it. No, that isn't what he says. In the previous chapter, he talked about the complete folly of legalism, trying to make yourself pleasing to God by keeping a bunch of rules. 
But here, he clarifies that if you are in Christ, your focus should be on the eternal, your focus should be on Christ. But in light of that, because of that, you need to put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. And he gives us a list. First thing on the list, sexual immorality. Did you know that's not just a modern problem? Did you know that people throughout history have been tempted to take a wonderful gift from God and pervert it and use it in a way that is not only displeasing to the Lord, but it's destructive to human relationships and even to physical health? And so sexual immorality, which in our culture, a lot of so-called Christians are saying, oh, don't worry about it. God, God doesn't care what you do. really doesn't matter. I mean, just, just go ahead and do what pleases you. While a lot of people are saying that, God is still saying the same thing he said all along. Put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. Don't overlook these verses. There are so-called evangelical preachers in our country who are saying, oh, you can't go by all that Old Testament stuff. Well, what about the New Testament? God hasn't changed his mind. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. That couldn't be more clear. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. Paul says, I know that you used to do that. We all lived that way at one time. But that's before you knew Christ. In Christ, you're to put those things to death. Not put them in the closet. Not put them in a drawer. Not put them behind the building. You're to put them to death. Absolutely put it to death. We're not going back to it. We're not going to call it again. We're not going to go looking for it. It's gone. And who's supposed to make it be gone? You and I. We are supposed to put those desires to death. Put those behaviors to death. I mean, once something is put to death, once something is dead, that's it. That's what God wants us to do with the sin in our lives. Don't wait for it to die. Put it to death. Act decisively. That's the description. Folks, let me take just a moment to encourage you to go on the internet and visit the website of Wares Valley Ranch. It's a very easy address, just wvr.org. For over 20 years, the ranch has provided a loving home environment for children who have a problem that they did not create. It may be a health crisis on the part of a parent or even the death of a parent. 
Often it's the death of a marriage, leaving a single parent who's struggling to care for the children while working one or more jobs in order to provide for their support. Sometimes it's a parent who struggles with alcohol or drug addiction, or even a case where one or both parents are in prison. But these children are not the problem. They're not delinquents. They're simply caught in a difficult circumstance. I hope you'll help us provide these little ones with the opportunity for hope and healing in a Christ-centered environment. Please visit wvr.org in order to learn more and in order to help. That's wvr.org. To step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is. You once walked in these things when you were living in them, but now put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you've put off the old self with its practices. The picture here is getting out of some dirty clothes, taking them off, and putting them aside. That's what we're to do with that stuff, realizing that those behaviors, those attitudes, no longer define who we are. There are people who are now self-identifying, that's the term for it in our culture, they are self-identifying on the basis of certain thoughts and behaviors that they have. And what God says is, if you're in Christ, you need to recognize that old sinful stuff is not who you are. That's what you were. And you need to take it off like dirty clothes and get rid of it and realize your identity in Jesus Christ. Once upon a time, we all lived in sin. But don't say, well, that's just the way I am. I can't change. Yes, you can in Christ. Not only are we in him, but he is in us. And he gives us the power to say no to sin and yes to righteousness. So, you not only put off the old, you have put off the old self with its practices, verse 10, and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. In Christ, there's not... Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and is in all. You now have a new identity. In this room, we have people of African ancestry, Spanish and Indian ancestry, people of Chinese ancestry, and people of Indian ancestry, because we're family. All of us are of one race, the human race. And God wants us to be one people in Christ, one body. And so all those old distinctions that used to give us our identity, all that's gone now. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on, here's your new suit of clothes, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. 
just as the Lord has forgiven you, you are also to forgive. You can choose to do these things. You can choose where your focus is. You can choose what your attitude will be. You can choose how you respond to other people. You don't have to do whatever you feel like doing. How many of you ever feel like doing the wrong thing? Yeah, I do too. But just because you're tempted to do something you shouldn't doesn't mean you're guilty of sinning. It means you're being tempted. And you have the power, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have trusted in him for your salvation, you have the power living in you to say, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to say that. No, I'm not going to go there. So, you need to forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts. And be thankful. Forgiving others, putting on love, receiving God's peace, and being thankful. You know how you can make that happen much more effectively? By feasting on God's Word. That's why we're here doing this this morning. Let the Word of Christ dwell richly among you. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, that's a type of song, hymns, that's a type of song, and spiritual songs, that's a type of song. Singing to one another with gratitude in your hearts. Is that what it says? Did I misread that? Are you looking at the text? What does it say? Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Who do you sing to? Your audience is supposed to be the Lord. The first time that I was about to help lead worship and I was supposed to preach at our little church in Montreat, North Carolina, my first time to do that, I had been with another teenager back in the uh, study of the pastor. And after he'd talked with us and prayed with us and we're walking out and about to open the door and go out onto the platform, he stopped and the pastor looked at us and he said, remember, the people who are seated out in the pews are not the audience. God is the audience. And those of us on the platform have the responsibility of trying to help them worship him. And I thought, well, that's good. I like that. that, that that'll preach. And he opened the door and we walked out on the platform and seated back in the back was the most famous guy on the planet, Billy Graham. And I nearly had a heart attack. Because all of a sudden now, who's my audience? I'm about to preach. And Billy Graham is seated back there. That was an unusual occurrence. Billy lived in the town, but he spent most of his year on the road. And so most of the time, he wasn't in the back. And I certainly didn't expect him to be there when I was preaching. But that was a very good experience for me. Because I had to remind myself over and over of what my pastor had told us. That's not your audience. 
That's not your audience. Folks, when you come to worship, don't forget who your audience is. It's God. What we do, we do for Him. And we're to sing to the Lord with gratitude in your hearts. Are you grateful for what God has done for you? Went to the deli the other day to get something for a family that had just had a baby. And while I was there, one of the employees was having a meltdown. I had to literally wait while this employee tried to comfort and console this employee who was just not going to take it anymore. <laughs> it was very embarrassing. Well, after a few moments, the employee who was not having a meltdown turned to provide assistance to the customer, that would be me, and said, I'm sorry, sir, how are, as she said, how is your day going? <laughs> and I said, very well, actually, it makes a world of difference when you know Jesus. And she said, oh, yes, that's true. Now, why did I say that? Was I trying to be smart, Alec? No, I'm trying to offer some counsel that might be overheard by someone who desperately either needs to get saved and find comfort in the Lord, or remember that she is saved and find comfort in the Lord. And so I went on to say, I am helped by remembering that any day outside of hell is God's mercy and grace to me. You understand that? I don't really like my situation. I don't blame you. But have you thought about where you could be? Yes, I know where I want to be. Well, just wait a minute. You could be in hell. That would be a lot worse, wouldn't it? Oh, yes. Well, then give thanks to God. If you're not in hell, you're blessed. Because if we got what we deserve, we'd all be in hell. Not just some of us, not just certain ones. All of us lived in sin. All of us were in rebellion against God. All of us deserve his wrath. The only hope for any of us is the fact that Jesus came and took the punishment we deserve. And therefore, all of us, every day, in every situation, have so much to be thankful for. So we should be singing to him with gratitude in our hearts. And therefore, whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Folks, that is not a prescription for how to be a super spiritual mega-Christian. This is, as Watchman Nee said, the normal Christian life. This is what we're all called to. Say, well, I, I, I never really uh, had a desire to be a missionary. Okay, but if you're a Christian, you are a witness for Christ wherever you are. You can be a good witness or you can be a bad witness, but you're going to give an account to God. And whatever you're going through, you can focus on the stuff you don't like or you can focus on the kindness of God. 
and rejoice in him, giving thanks to him, celebrating the fact that he has shown mercy to you. Amen? That's what God calls us to, all of us. So if you're muddy, get out of your muddy clothes and put on the righteousness of Christ. Put on Christ because he is seated at the right hand of the Father and you can find your place in him in glory. And that is a reason to rejoice. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.